We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia from which we conduct our podcast. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hey guys, welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today we are joined with Benedict. Hello, how are you? Oh, living the dream here in Melbourne, guys. Yep. <laughs> As we all are. I'm, good. I'm, I'm um, lucky to be happy. Yeah, true. So when, when did you actually start playing music? I started playing music uh, when I was about five years old um my mum actually put a guitar in my hands and was like go and write a song and started teaching me guitar and I think I wrote my first song that was about rainbows and she was like great go and write another one and that's when I was like yay yeah it's uh been a big journey because I'm 37 so a long time (laughs) is your mum a bit of a muso herself yeah she's amazing um she yeah vocally she's just incredible and you know grew up in a musical family herself so then kind of passed it on to us us kids so yeah, she's she's great. And so, when did you decide that you kind of wanted to actually do this as like a career almost and start releasing things? Um, I think for me, you know, growing up with as an '80s kids with Michael Jackson and Prince and Bowie and all the cool stuff, um, for me it was like I just you know playing music was my everything from a really young age. But I think when I was about fifteen. I went to my, well, my mum gave me a ticket to go see Tracy Chapman actually live um, in Sydney. I grew up in Sydney and she said, I said, oh, where's your ticket? And she's like, oh, I don't have one for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, I don't have one for myself. And she's like, you're going alone. You're going to go and watch this artist and you're going to check it out. And oh and I remember God. being there by myself, 15, just watching Tracy perform. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is what I got to do. This is, this is me. Like, this is everything. So yeah, that was um, a poignant uh, time, I think. That's so rad. What a cool mum. I know. <laughs> um, so how would you, like, describe your music and, like, your influences? Like you mentioned David Bowie. Yeah, like, you know, I, I guess my music's uh, – I've had so many different influences over the years. I used to play country roots music as well. So um, that was super fun and, you know, gigged a lot around sort of Melbourne – did a bit of touring in Nashville with the band and yeah, it was great. Um, but you know, so I've had such a range of influences, um, with folk music right through, but I think for me, um, things that stuck, especially with my project now, um, is, is that influence of Kate Bush and Prince and Bowie and, you know, Queen and all that sort of stuff that I just, I adore and I still listen to every day. And, um, you know, it's sort of like having that, higher vocal that I do have um stretches yeah kind of you know inspired me from that sort of music to like stretch my you know skills and sort of explore um I was a prison guard for three years and then I actually took a year a year off and I wrote my project that I'm doing now and um you know I was absolutely wrecked from that work and I think it was such a strong time for me to just kind of let go and just go, okay, what am I meant to be doing? What am I meant to be writing? And it just poured out of me. So it's been a really amazing experience doing this this project. Can I ask what it was like being a prison guard? Do you have any fun stories? 
I wouldn't say fun. I would say crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, like three years working in the Melbourne cells. Um, it's it's pretty heartbreaking, to be honest. Like I couldn't believe uh, some of the stuff I've seen is just insane. It's what you'd see in a horror movie. Like, and me, the way that our lower socioeconomic culture of, or community is treated is just, to me, is ridiculous. Like, we have such a low rehabilitation rate here. Um, you know, I think it's like a 98% return rate or something. Really? Uh, so I saw the same places every week, like, because I worked uh, in the police cells. And, you know, for me, it, yeah, they'd be off their head, you know, on ice and, you know, so much domestic violence and so many other things that I saw and I dealt with everybody, you know, rapists, pedophiles, murderers and the rest and, you know, really big cases and it's it's a real thing and I think, you know, but so many of them who are, you know, involved in drugs and have, have been brought up in horrible, you know, environments, they just don't even know, like, any different, you know. They've never had that chance. I mean, I'm really blessed to have a great, a really strong family and some of these kids offended for themselves from the age of 10. It's yeah. So. Um, I was watching this like there's a series on YouTube I can't remember what it's called it's based in America and they like interview um like people off Skid Row or like a like a prostitute or a pedophile or like a, a, like it's like never ending um and yeah you're back, <laughs> back. So, yeah and they interview them and I was watching this one about someone who, like a kid who was like addicted to fent- um, fentanyl. And it was so like, he was introduced to like heroin when he was five by his mum. Mm. And it's sort of like yeah. people think that it's like a choice almost where they yeah. end up. But a lot of the time it's not because it's like based off their upbringing. There's so many other factors. And it's really, yeah, it's like really sad to watch. Can't it's, imagine it's, these young people, or when I say young people, I mean, you know, they're people, like we're right up to 60, 70. But, yeah, like some of the younger people that came in were like, oh, yeah, my mum shut me up at, you know, 15. Oh, yeah, my dad prostituted me out, prostituted me out at 10 so he could get drugs, my dad. You know, I, I heard the most horrific things, and I think after three years it just broke me down so hard. And I'm, I'm a humanitarian anyway. I love, um, I, I like to do a lot of different work. And I just couldn't. I just ended up burnt out, you know. I ended up with, I guess, looking at our community going, what are we doing? Like we have, you know, we have so many different extremes and you look at Norway, right, there's a 5% return rate with their prisoners and they're closing their prisons because they're rehabilitating their people and, you know, building more prisons because the government's making money off it. There's a problem here. And, you know, these people are just thrown into the cells. You know, I remember sitting with a kid in court and, he had a, a man from like a, um, a rehabilitation center, um, totally vouching for him, saying that they would, you know, take him on and saying they were going to work with him and that they wanted him to come to rehab. And he was a young man and, you know, ticked him off the list. And then basically the judge was like, nah, six months prison. And I'm like, okay, so here's a kid who really wanted to have a go at, at cleaning himself up and healing. And you've just thrown away the key, you know, like locked him up and thrown away the key. And I was like, and I think after leaving, that really affected me. So a lot of my music is based around that social justice and and, and talking about this sort of stuff. And, you know, I have songs I haven't released yet, you know, that I have a song called Better For You, which is about 
people who like it came from talking to a prisoner once and and he was like you know miss he's like I stayed out of the prison you know out of the cells for months because you told me I could be better and it's just knowing that the words that we say to those young people like (laughs) actually we're like we're like their other home you know um yeah so it it hit me pretty hard um so yeah interesting world whole other world very um so do you like uh produce your own music as well or do you work with a producer I have been working with um, Dean Tuza, who looks after people like Stella Donnelly and the Rubens. He's worked, did a lot of their, or did their first album with them and wrote it as well. Um, he's awesome. He's based in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, I do a lot of pre-production on my stuff, so I do work from home and develop my sounds and, um, you know, just on the computer and and, and instruments create um, kind of what I want to do. But, yeah, I'm, I'm currently sort of looking at working with... Um, so, because I've just started indie label, I'm not sure if you know. Yeah, it's on my records. So, I've actually got a few few producers that I'm signing label. Um, a couple of amazing girls in Sydney, and um, my artist that is my one of my first signings, Lion X, who um is an incredible producer, self produces all his own stuff, and so um he's gonna he's helping me out and working on a few things. So I'm excited. It's gonna be mad. And while we're here, do you want to tell us a little bit about this label and what it's called and like why? you wanted to kind of start your own indie label as well? Yeah. And I, I um, you know, being in the industry for 25 plus years as an indie artist and working super hard and, you know, having opportunities where I was signed, dropped, all that sort of stuff. And you get to a point where, you know, I've self-managed for so many years and I was like, I can do this. There's something that's missing in this industry and it's, for me, it's to do with minorities and, you know, um, I'm a queer artist as well and I think, you know, having both sides of the coin being, you know, like uh, female embodied and, and you know, non-binary and uh, all these different things and going, well, the, the way I've been treated in the industry as well, you know, all right, sweetie, we've got this one. Um, yeah, yeah, we know better or all those sort of things. And I was like, okay, I've seen so many of my friends struggle as well. And it, it just, one day I woke up and this was like, not long ago, it was probably, I don't know, a few months ago. And I just went, stuff this, I'm going to do this myself. And so... Yeah, I came up with uh, Tomboy Records uh, with an I, and I, I, I've put it together for minorities. So, you know, uh, women in music, LGBTQ plus artists, um, and producers as well, uh, and obviously um, Indigenous and you know people of color and so on. I just feel like there is that they need something like a safe and supportive label, um, and that's something that I've. I'm striving to create now. So I'm pretty excited about what's happening and there's lots of, of movement already. Um, but, yeah, it's time to, you know, kind of look after people, I think, and, yeah, you know, for sure. go from there. Nice. And so I want to talk about your new song, Wake mm-hmm. Up. So this also is quite a very impactful meaning. Do you want to tell us, like, a bit about it and um, the music video that comes along with it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um I wrote Wake Up last lockdown last year when we were in that really long one and I just remember sitting there and I was chatting to my mate on Zoom who I normally sing with Chrissy uh, Duralis and I was just like something, I actually get quite anxious when I feel like a big song's coming. Um, It's almost like I'm giving birth to something, like it's crazy. And I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling really full on, like something I need to, like my throat's closing and it's all emotional for me. And I'm chatting away to her and I was like, 
all the stuff we're watching is like just really affecting me as well as the fact that we're stuck in lockdown. We've got these curfews. I feel like I'm in home prison, like it's full on. And, you know, we were chatting away and then she just went, you know what, man, like, yeah, it's full on. I said, you blah, 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 wake up. And I said something, I was like, that's it. And I picked up the guitar and I literally wrote the track in 10 minutes. And, oh my God. and then she was like on the other end and, um, when I finally got to go into the studio, because it took us so long to come out of lockdown, yeah. um, and I got in the studio with Dean, and then at the end, I was like, there's something, like there needs to be some outro that speaks more. There's there's more words coming. So I rang Chrissy again, and I was like, dude, I need your help. And she was like, yeah, man. And we sat on the phone for almost half an hour and came up with this ending, which for me was a very MJ, sort of Michael Jackson kind of vibe. I don't know if you got that vibe. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like, yes. Um but yeah, she helped me with that because I said, there's something like we need more words. Um, we need to speak out, you know? And so that's how the song came about. And it is about all all the different things we've seen from, you know, government issues to, you know, um, like the riots in America and, you know, the women's marches that have happened. And, and that's where I wanted the film clip, clip to really match that. Um, you know, so a lot of the film clip is about the people and for the people and um, a lot of the footage we put in there um, when I was going through the edit with um, my brilliant editor, Jason, was just like, I want, I need to put a message that's going to connect to people because we're all seeing it and we're all experiencing it. And, you know, it's, someone needs to say something, you know, and I kind of felt, you know, the way I recorded it vocally as well, it was a lot softer and it was to, there was a reason for that. You know, I didn't want to scream it out um, and it, it was to bring people into the song. I'm just sharing a message. I don't need to yell it you know, and I wanted people to connect with that. And so, yeah, there's um, a lot of layers behind the way we did it and um, I love how it came across. So I was pretty excited. Yeah, it's really an amazing song and the yeah. video like so cool as well. Um, yeah, it just really pieced together nicely, I think, and really fit like the your aesthetic of like Benedict. I feel like there's kind yeah. of a, like this aesthetic going on, like a darkish kind of vibe, but like, I love it like a bit of Bowie, a bit of like, you know, kind of queer energy and yeah, it was fun. It was like, it was mad to do. And, um, you know, my friends who were actually a few of my friends who were in my last film clip, I'm, I'm thinking I'm creating a theme here. Like, you know, it's like each film clip is like the same characters and yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, bad. And yeah, my friends and they were just like, dude, like we love this, you know, because they're part of a message and, um, my friend Chris, who also sings with me, um, she had her her children in it, um, and they're Melbourne. And you know, for me, it was about saying, "Here's a younger generation, and this is what they're watching." Like, and the beginning of it is them just being piled with all of the shit that's happening. My letter swear um, in <laughs> in um, you know in the world, and that's what they're you know we're going to pass on, and they're going to be living in that in the next twenty thirty years. So. Yeah, and then having them dance together and having, you know, Chris, their warrior mum at the front and they're just like these beautiful Mauritian children. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in heaven right now. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it looked sick. Mm. Yeah, it turned out. And I um, also want to talk about Warzone as well um, because that kind of like kicked off a little bit as well. There's a few remixes going on. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to discuss, like, what that song was about and also, like, how the remixes came about and the song as well and also the video was really cool. Yeah, well, you know, the only unfortunate thing was that there was, like, a whole year in between me getting another track out 
of COVID, um, the studio. So, but uh, Warzone was, I, I love Warzone. It's very close to my heart. It, it was a number of things. Uh, I wrote that about. I went through a really rough time with a couple of friends um, who I don't call friends anymore. <laughs> um, a lot of fighting narcissism, which I'm very, very against, and I shut down very majorly these days. I have a zero tolerance for it. Um, and, yeah, that was like uh, that track was written for many different reasons about being in your own personal war zone and having your own emotional experience. And, you know, for me that was like about, you know, whether it's, you know, I had – other friends like coming out and and not knowing how to talk to their parents like whatever wars you're going through whether it's like I grew up religious and then came out and you know and and trying to work out my faith and and keep my faith and, and like still be queer and and then that's really hard too because that's not allowed and all being indoctrinated into this world where we end up in our own personal damaged war zone um but being able to break out of that you know, out of the indoctrination, out of the pain, out of the suffering that we're all going through with mental health and all the other shit we go through. And, you know, being like rising up above it. And a lot of my music is about that, is going, yeah, okay, here it is. It's, it's, everything's shit. And then this is amazing and um, we can rise above it. And, you know, right now we're seeing all the suicides and stuff happen, which is horrific um, with lockdown. Uh, and, you know, it just breaks my heart because it's like we, again, have a community of people where, where's the support where's the support system government what are we doing are we why aren't we pitching this more but yeah the war zone um the film clip and stuff we did in a warehouse in footscray actually um done on an iphone so i don't know if you guys saw the film super fun and we got to we lucky enough to um dylan my beautiful friend who skates you would have seen the film clip um and we kind of base it on his war zone, you know, like starting off being like all in his own head and being all messed up. And then at the end he's like, here I am, you know, kind of thing. Mm. and um, he's, you know, like in all his glory. Uh, and when he walked out in that outfit, I was like, dang girl. Um, but he's, yeah, he also works at Vintage Garage down in Collingwood. So oh, shit. We gave- right near there. Yeah. yeah really they, they gave us all of the costumes. Um, they lent, like, Moose, who owns it, was graceful enough to all that stuff. She's amazing. And the wings that my friend had on um, as the angel were actually uh, Victoria's Secret vintage wings from a catwalk. No way. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. And they were literally, like, we put them on her and we're like, wait, what? Like, how do you even look like that, dude? Like, <laughs> just this, again, like, this kind of, androgynous gorgeous like you know like race drones at your heart out kind of thing um and literally like my partner was like she was like uh babe because she's english she's like uh i actually don't know how you pull the shit together but you did (laughs) because i'm like this is how i want the story to be and i'm just like (laughs) randomly putting the shit together a couple of days before and then it was just so much fun but you know sometimes that's the best creation so yeah the Pretty DIY bad. projects, they're always the best. Yeah. The doing an iPhone. <laughs> um, I ended up getting a remix with uh, the guys in France, um, Scratch Massive, which was fun. And they ended up doing two because they were like, we want to do two because we love the track. And and then um, Lee Groves, who I'm now <laughs> working with, he, my last track, but he did a remix called the Tetraphobic Remix, uh, which is the fear of four, which is what tetraphobic means. And mm-hmm. um Amazing. Lee's worked with Madonna, produced Depeche Mode, Goldfrapp. 
uh, Gwen Stefani, Marilyn Manson. And he's like, he's English as well. He's like, when are you coming over and, uh, you know, doing a <laughs> with me? And I'm like, uh, like today. But, you know, watch <laughs> out. He's actually uh, the new track for Lion X, which we're releasing hopefully in the next few months. Um, and that track is like going to be next level. So we're, we're yeah, he's a, he's a big part of our team and it's, it's super exciting. That's so sick. I love this. Mm. Um, and so what would you say is like your favorite song that you've released or not released so far kind of that you've written? Um, man, I wrote like, I've written 50 tracks for the project so far. Um, and there's, Mm. and these are all new actually, like Wake Up was new, Warzone was new. Um, which was my first single that I released was actually the first track I ever wrote for Benedict um, Project. And so for me, there's a number that I'm desperate to get out, Um, you know, delays obviously with COVID, but I'm looking at, yeah, working with um, Lion X or James Crothers, his name is, um, on production and um, the girls in, I don't know, you guys know Hayley Mary, the band? artist yeah 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 Yeah. so astrid and kat are actually um uh, hayley mary's drummer and guitarist and they're also amazing female producers so we're looking at doing a bit of a collaboration with uh james and them um for an ep for me so i'm pretty excited it's gonna be mad very very 80s 90s um kind of synthy um yeah man i couldn't even tell you what tracks i've got one of my favorite yeah I don't know. I couldn't even say. The Divine is one of my favourite. I actually have done a live version of that. There's a live uh, live in the studio version of that on uh, my link, link tree. So, but, yeah, so check it out if you want. But, yeah, it's um, there's so many, dude. Like, I can't even say. Oh, my God, it's so exciting. It's nice to see yeah. that when, like, it sucks when people have, like, I even myself, I feel like COVID's had such, like, a creative, like, it's just shit on people creatively essentially and it's nice to hear that a lot of musicians and artists are actually creating a, such a backline of mm. like content that when it comes yeah. down you can just it's like our only sanity like I think you know I've got so many friends who have lost thousands of dollars uh mm. from not shows and a lot of them are you know do Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne Fringe do a lot of stuff in, for midsummer and so on and cabaret and all that and they are just I mean there's a lot of a lot of mental health and a lot of pain going through people. Um, I'm really blessed that I have a partner and two gorgeous doggies to be at home with, um, you know. But yeah, it's sort of like going, okay, how can I use this time? And I think we have all, like everybody, including you guys, like we've all had to adapt to this and go, what the bloody hell do we do? So for me, like jumping on Zooms getting my label going, creating momentum, trying to do things a different way. Okay, cool. Everybody's online at the moment. How do we do that? Um, you know, let's all jump online. Let's just try and keep putting music out if we can and, and, you know, creating together and collaborating and, you know, yeah, okay. I'm totally bummed out about my show. Um, possibly not going ahead, but then I'm like, okay, how can I change this? You know, I'm someone who's like a glass half full person. And I'm always saying to Amy, cause she's can sometimes like be that English girl going, Oh my God, everything's shit. But um, I'm like, glass up full, glass up empty. Um, and I think working as a prison guard and dealing with people who have suffered so hard. Um, I also like travelled to Cambodia 2008 and raised money for orphanages and, and spent some time over there. Um, and, you know, experiencing like 
what they go through every day and they cling to life, they cling to family. We have very much a death culture here and, you know, mm. for me it's like trying to cling to life and say, hey, okay, we could be in a sh- way, way worse position. How can we change our brains? How can we change our minds? And, you know, um, I suffer from mental health, you know. I suffer from anxiety and depression and it's a real thing for many artists and creatives but um, it's just making that choice to get up every day and go, you know what, I'm worthy and I'm like I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy to be here and um, my life is important and trying to, trying to create new things around where we're at in this world now. And I think that's important for everybody to kind of try and jump on, you know. Yeah, sure. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, you mentioned like a few names that you were, well, you're planning on working with or you are in the middle of working with. Do you have like a dream collaboration that like out of anyone ever that you would just love to collaborate with? Well, it would have been Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Or Bowie. Mm. Oh, Bowie, man. <laughs> Been like, wow. Um, <laughs> that was insane. I, if it was now, though, I mean, I would die if I was sitting in the same room as Lady Gaga and writing mm. something with her. I mean, that woman is, to me, just incredible. And what she's done for the LGBTQ plus community and, you know, so many people and all the things she's fought against and fought for. Like, I just love her. I just think she's just amazing. Um, but I don't know, man. Yeah, Bowie or Prince would have been like, <laughs> like yeah. They all have that same energy as well, yeah. like Gaga, Bowie, Prince. It's, it's the, the same, same vibe. vibe. Mm. I know. It's like just this amazing, again, really non-binary humans, which I love. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, probably why I connect to them so much. It's just like this, you know, you're like, you're like me. So yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, fuck. I mean, there's so many artists that have passed away that you just look at and go, oh, I'd love to just sit and pick a brain. I just want to learn, you know, what you think about, what you do every day, what you know, all those sort of things. But, you know, we're, we're so lucky to have their music still. I mean, and Prince has just, you know, they've just released a whole bunch of Prince's new, you know, stuff that was in his vault. So yeah. pretty excited. I have a question for you about that. Really randomly, I just thought of it. But um, they're planning on doing the same. I can't remember what it's called. There's a name to it, but um, it's like when they're doing it with Amy Winehouse as well, where they like release music that they've like that they had written, but they had it released, or they and no one knows if they planned on releasing it, but it's just like found music, and now they're going to release it, and like there's this whole debate on whether it's like ethical because you don't have the permissions of the artist to release that music or not, um, or should we put it out in the world and just like kind of listen to it and vibe with it because they're like iconic musicians what do you think um I think it's like I don't know I was actually having a conversation about this the other night um with my partner because I was like wow like the release is stuff from from Prince which you can tell some of it's not necessarily finished um Mm. sort of put it out um and I think it's amazing but you know she was like well there's a reason why he didn't release that like you know that was his kind of that was his world and there's a reason why he chose other songs over that stuff. Um, and I think music's really personal. Like I think music's like saying, okay, now we're going to put someone's diary out into the world and, you know, everybody their journal about their whole life. And, you know, it's, I think there's an etiquette and a respect that should be have had for that artist um, at that time. But then, you know, I guess then from where I come from as well, it's like, well, maybe one of those tracks that he's just written that we have never heard and, you know, there's a huge fan of his that hears something, you know, gets new, gets inspired in a new way or get 
feels like something gets something out of that. So, you know, maybe he didn't want that release, but maybe that might have changed someone's life, you know? Like it, you just just never know. I mean, that's the whole point of why I do music. It's like, you know, the shows I've done over the years and people coming up to me. I've had like if I had one person come up and go, dude, I literally didn't want to be here yesterday and hearing your music, like just, and I'm like, what? Like that is sick, man. Like that just makes me so happy. Um, you know, and I think, man, like, look, Prince, Prince was a very private guy and very, very particular about, you know, his music and what he did. And my dog is a buck background. You can probably hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know, I guess like, I'm in two minds about it really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So part of me is like, yay, amazing. And then part of me is like, oh, that's really private. And there's a reason why he didn't release that to the world. So yeah, yeah. I'm the same. So yeah. I, I don't know why that randomly just came to my mind, but yeah, it's so interesting to see because I like, I'm so excited to hear like Amy's new music, well, new music-ish, old kind of music, yeah. but newly released music. But also I'm like, crap, what if <laughs> she didn't want that to be released? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm also in two minds about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, her world is like next level. So yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are your like goals for I guess it's kind of hard to see the future but um what are your goals for kind of like the end of this year and like the start of next year hopefully being out of all this mess um look ideally uh it would be obviously you know building my branding and my for my label um getting uh getting getting artists on the roster and getting my my beautiful James Crothers, AKA Linex out into the world. Um, yeah, he's just, I don't even know how that kid does what he does. Like he's 20 young, gorgeous gay boy who is, you know, Ethiopian blood and dances like Beyonce and his music is like kind of, you know, kind of in between Todrick Hall and Lil Nas X. Like it's, and he's a Melbourne boy. And that shit's going to go crazy. Like we're really excited about it. So I'm super pumped. And he's got such strong music and, uh, and messages. And, you know, one of his tracks, Bitch, I'm Black, like pretty heavy. So, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, so just building that. And I'm really pumped to get my stuff, you know, more music out. Like I said, I'm going to be doing an EP soon. And, I mean, ideally, like touring would be great, <laughs> you know, mm. I haven't done a show in two years. So, you know, so, I was going to have a, well, the aim is to, I'm still up in, up in the air, but, you know, eight-piece band for my launch. Um, you know, it yeah, pretty epic. So whether I slam my band the week before and we just like the show and just go hard with like three or four rehearsals um, and just get on stage and smash it out. Because I've, I've meant to have Tash Parker on stage as well, which would be amazing. She's coming in from Hobart. No um, way, we met her on the podcast not long ago. She's oh, rad. Yeah, she's the best. So, um, and I've written with her for years and she's a really good friend and we're actually talking about getting her on our label too. So we're pretty excited. There's lots of things happening. Um, but yeah, just like trying to keep the momentum going without like losing our brains and, yeah. um, you know, hopefully like getting everyone out there and pumped and, you know, get, getting our music international as well. That's the aim. My music's very... Um, I guess like my, I have a lot of following with the US and like EU and UK. Um, so 
I'm pretty excited to also get over to New York to be recording with Lee Groves. That would be pretty amazing. Understandable. Um, <laughs> wow. So when a guy like that has the list he's got and he's, he worked with Betty Blackburn, um, he did her first album, he has all of, you know, he got all the Arias for it and he's got his award winning and it's pretty cool. So, and he's a great friend and, you know, it, it's an exciting time. That's going to be so sick. I'm so keen for all of that for you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We really do a little bit of a thank cheers at the end of our episodes. So cheers. Hi. I might crack open and be like, <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for having a chat with us. And hopefully, you know, this lockdown doesn't go too much longer. I know. And hopefully, you guys, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, hopefully, we can get down and it actually all goes forward and ahead. That would yeah. be so sad. I mean, totally. Fuck you guys. Be um, awesome to have you there. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, it would be so yeah. Also, awesome. well, have a lovely day. Um, Thank you. The weather's looking half decent. It looks kind of grim over here. Yeah, maybe go for a lovely walk for an hour or whatever we can do. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Thank you so much. We'll see you around. Hopefully. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Cheers. Bye.